0: This is 40K Today, 40K news that's bigger than a Castellan knight standing on top of a pair of land raiders and using them as roller skates. Hey, that should be a thing. Hi there, 40K friends. Welcome to a special Best of 40K Today. Now, Monday to Friday, we are your daily 15-minute news, views, and interviews deep dive into the whole broad hobby of Warhammer 40,000. And today, we're going to bring you a selection of our favourite interviews. We have to say a massive thank you to our friends at the Frontline Gaming Network for having us in on a Saturday. If you like what you hear, give us a listen during the week at 40ktoday.com, or you can find us via your favourite podcast player. I'm your host, Steve Joel, and today on the programme, Rob from Goonhammer Chats with my co-host, John Damaris, about changes that could, would, should come in in the next FAQ or update, if and when that ever happens. Adrian from Tabletop Titans is running hobby hangouts on their channel, and they're awesome. So we talked to him about that. LVO 2020 runner-up Brad Chester is in to give us a top coaching tip, and we meet a Warhammer hero from a tiny town at the very bottom of the world who is keeping his local community supplied with paint and brushes and books and even models. Let's get this show on the road. During the week this week on 40K Today via our Facebook, we've been running a poll Asking the question, have you tried playing the game on Tabletop Simulator yet? How's it working out? The results are in 67% of people are saying, no, we've never tried it. Uh, But based on the comments on our Facebook page, those who have tried it, everyone's really positive about it. Next week's poll, which we're going to start on Monday, we'll look at proxying models in games of 40k. Is it okay? Is there a point where it's okay, but then maybe you get to a point where people are going too far? What's your experience? We'll kick that poll off Monday morning. If you love going deep into all kinds of 40k subjects, then you've probably come across Goonhammer. Goonhammer is one of the best places to find long-form written content about the game that we all love. John Damaris sat down with Goonhammer writer Rob Jones to talk about an article they recently featured about what the newest FAQ should have in it, whenever that eventually happens. All right, Robert from Goonhammer. Let's talk about the mythical fact that was
1: supposed to come out in April. It doesn't look like it's probably going to happen. But you guys did a really interesting article over on Goonhammer about it. And when I think you had some guests like Richard Siegel on to do that with you guys. You want to talk about what you guys sort of came to for conclusions and and some of the highlights of that article?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So when we sat down and we started talking uh, about you know one of the big things that we were that we thought was a shame was that. With no Adepticon, we really weren't likely to get an FAQ this April, and uh, so we started talking about okay, well, what would even be in it if we had it? What would we have liked to have seen? Uh, And so yeah, we got Richard around him, and we did a roundtable on it. And I think there were, I think the general consensus was that the meta's in a pretty good place right now, post uh, Space Marine doctrines nerf. Uh, But there were a few things that we felt like should still be in it. Uh, A lot of the big ones were uh, some factions right now still can't compete. And that's even with uh, Psychic Awakening changes. So if you look at like Gene Sealer cults, the Aberrant nerfs have really kind of left the faction in a place where they used to be the dominant half of uh, Forces of the Mind Army. And now they're tagalongs. Uh, and so there's probably, given the number of changes we had late last year to the faction and the way Marines came up, it, it ends up, in retrospect, you look at that nerf and you're like, okay, well, that was a bit too much. Uh, It's also, there's some interactions with Master of the Machines and Father of the Future from Faith and Fury that are both pretty egregious and we think are going to cause some problems. Uh, We disagreed with Richard on the Datalosis and his aura. Uh, I think it's probably going to get worse. Uh, And then overall, just little quality of life improvements. There are a lot of things right now, uh, from a timing standpoint in the rules for 40K, around what can happen at the end of a phase or at the start of a phase. and that's language that kind of varies over the last 20 or so codexes and needs to be cleaned up.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, uh, 40K could be improved a lot if they went to some standardized verbiage with meanings and had, like, a glossary that they worked from. But um, that's neither here nor there, you know? <laughs> like, well, they've that's, been uh, getting
3: better
2: about it over the they last, have been. Over yeah, the last they've, few books.
1: You're absolutely right. And even across 8th edition, right, they're more consistent than they have ever been, in my opinion. Um, so one thing that I think is is kind of interesting is, I'd like to hear your take on where you think the meta is. Because we don't have any data, we don't have any events, we actually don't know what the competitive landscape looks like. The the data that we have right before COVID hit was a lot of new things were starting to win tournaments, which was interesting. And I wondered if that was going to stay or if the Marine players were going to figure out, okay, they took my ball away from me, where's my new ball? And then if they were going to move back into dominance. So like, where do you think the meta was going and, and where do you think it'll end up once we come out of COVID?
2: Yeah, it's crazy. We really only had like about a week and a half, two weeks of data from uh, tournaments. Maybe like six events that were post FAQ on Marines because we still had a couple of events that were using the pre FAQ Marine rules. I think Marines are still going to be top tier even with the changes. There's still a very compelling Iron Hands list to make. There's still a very compelling Raven Guard. Uh, Or Raven Guard successors list that you can field, they're just not near like it's. They're just not going to be nearly as dominant uh, because. Well,
1: my my prediction is now we'll see people start digging into because of the doctrine changes, we'll start seeing Space Marine soup armies, and though they they can, they can make some pretty interesting builds that you can't get out of a mono faction. So like that might become the new normal. We'll see, but that's that's my theory. Is that there'll there'll be some concoction of a space Marine suit because they still get their doctrines, right? They just don't get their Mm -hmm. super doctrine, which doesn't really matter at this point. Oh, absolutely. Um, And I think we're going to see
2: a much bigger emphasis on the, on the space Marine armies that can stay in assault doctrine or that want to be in assault doctrine. So, uh, saga, the beast, I thought actually got a really bad rap. Like I think space wolves are pretty solid now and are capable of competing at higher levels. I think John Kilcullen's going to be real happy to hear me preaching, uh, (laughs) to be preaching on his behalf on this one. But yeah, I think white scars and blood angels too suddenly have new life, whereas before, and it wasn't even that they weren't good enough, it's just that there wasn't enough of a compelling reason to take them over other Marine options. And now suddenly you start looking at those and you're like, okay, well, now that I'm going to go to assault doctrine as quickly as possible, things haven't changed for my army. How do I make that work? What does that look like? And now maybe I consider those instead.
1: Yeah, and then, and you know, who knows what else you'll see? Like, you know, maybe you'll see... You know, like some mix of iron hands to hold objectives, you know, with the the tougher, the tougher intercessors. Um, And then you could mix in an assault element with some wolves or, like you said, some scars or, you know, there's there's just a lot of a lot of options where you could sort of mix and match, match the uh, different chapters now and and probably create something that is more inherently powerful because of the additional access to the stratagems, the, you know, the uh, additional characters that you can put into your army than, than what we were seeing before. So that'll be interesting to see how it shakes out.
2: Yeah. And as someone who just wrote uh, like 45,000 words on Chaos Space Marines and how to play them, it's uh, one of the things that struck me was especially if you look at like the Battlefield Birmingham results. There's a lot more diversity coming out of the Chaos Space Marine faction right now and what Chaos can do. I think that's going to continue to expand and get explored uh, when we come back. There are a lot of different ways to play that army now. A lot of new things that you can do with Thousand Suns and a lot of different units that suddenly have value, where if you start looking at that army... It's not just Possessed. It's not just Lord of Skulls. There are a lot of different builds and a lot of different units that work. It's a very exciting time to be a Chaos Space Marine player. And I look forward to it being completely blown up again when Engine War comes out and suddenly knights are everywhere. So,
1: it, It'll be interesting for sure. Well, again, thank you for your time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: That's Rob, one of the founders of Goonhammer. Make sure you check out goonhammer.com. Certainly worth it. Our friends at Tabletop Titans have had to put their regular live-streamed battle reports on hold for obvious reasons, but they are still bringing us great content. As someone who enjoys the painting part of the hobby a lot, I'm loving Adrian's hobby hangouts. So this is a bit different to a lot of other folks. They do this live. You get to hang out with Adrian, watch what he's doing, and ask questions live, which he will then answer. The man does amazing work, so it was good to catch up with him and talk about some painting tips and also to find out what he's covering in this week's Hobby Hangout. Adrian from Tabletop Titans, thanks so much for uh, joining us again on the show. It's nice to have you back. Yeah, no problem. Thanks Uh, for having me, Steve. So uh, last time we talked about a a specific model, uh, but I want to uh, start this off by by establishing your your cred, you're a commission painter, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, with the hobby hangouts, you are hosting these. Can you can you talk us through the environment that you're doing this in? Uh, is is this a, a home or a studio, or how are you setting this up?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually in our normal studio, but what we wanted to do was have a setup where we could basically run a solo show and, and sort of keep uh, keep distance and everything. So we decided, okay, we'll have just one person on the camera. We do have uh, our producer, Bridger, who's in the studio, but sort of separate from me. And it was this interesting challenge to how can we sort of recreate the environment at home, but also bring everyone together into this sort of di- digital
0: community. And you uh, set it up so that you're doing um, – the last one, for example, was specifically focusing on painting yellows, which as everybody who's ever painted a model knows, <laughs> yellow and white are just the two nightmare colours to try and to try and get right, um, which is cool. And you use an airbrush, but you also do uh, painting. Do you have a, a favourite model to paint? Can I ask that? Is there a, a favourite model or a favourite um, faction maybe that you really enjoy?
4: Right. Well, definitely the favourite faction would be anything orcs and anything uh, – Anything orc vehicle in particular? I love doing those uh, dirty, rusty metals. Yeah, that um, I can play with anything I want, essentially.
0: Yeah, you you know what you do really well is the check thing, which I just I struggle with, man. I've tried it and I I, I really struggled. So other than <laughs> yeah. yellows, painting checkers on things like orc vehicles, or mm-hmm. uh, you know when you see harlequins, the people who can paint the diamonds on the harlequins, I'm That's just right. like, man, it, it, it's it, funny you that. Should mention
4: now? Actually, this week we're going to be doing a focus on that and how to use stencils to actually get those effects.
0: I was going to ask about stencils because that's the other <laughs> the other thing I've uh, I've seen is some of your models, and I really want to try and recreate this. Is this kind of hexagonal stencil effect that you see on uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people use it on Eldar vehicles? I've got some Tau models, and I yes. love I love the idea of uh, because it features in a lot of the lore and a lot of the books. Is the the hexagonal shapes that appear in their uh, architecture, and I like the idea of maybe using that on a ghost keel or on a on a tower battlesuit so stencils are coming up in one of the future hobby hangouts is that this coming week
4: yeah that's right this week
0: okay so uh the hobby hangouts are on a thursday the same as your tabletop titans battle reports have been and Mm -hmm. uh so we've covered yellow we're going to cover stencils what are the uh, some of the other plans that you've got for the hobby hangouts is it going to be all about painting or, or are you doing um kit bashing and things as well
4: We'll definitely be doing some kit bashing. <laughs> um, that's uh, obviously something that you know that I love. Yeah. And uh, the main challenge will be how do I take a subset of my bits and sprues and bring them and and to the actual show and show that process uh, without uh, bringing a whole truckload. But we'll definitely be looking <laughs> at that. Any sort of hobby hobby techniques, right? It's really just. This is what I love to do. I want to kind of share some tips and tricks. And uh, we also learn a lot from just discussing with the participants in each episode. So I'm excited to just try new things.
0: What I love, and uh, you're just because you are so good at what you do. What I love as a person who's, I've only been in the hobby for about three or so years. And so for me, a lot of these techniques that, that you take for granted are things that I'm learning all the time. For example, I just mm-hmm. I only recently YouTubed how to paint lenses. And it's simple, oh, yes. you're right. It's an easy thing, but mm-hmm. the effect is so good when you when you get it right. So you, you learn these little things, just one little takeaway from what you guys are doing or what you're doing with your hobby hangouts. You get one little takeaway, you go away, you practice it a little bit, and suddenly this whole world opens up to you and it makes the models so much better. Just having one little new technique to do. And the way you do it, we've got a whole week to practice before we learn another one. So it's cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that was a big push. You know,
4: we we started with the airbrush last week. And that one in particular, I was like, okay, here are all of the mistakes that I've made. And here's how you can not make them. Um, the things that I wish someone had just told me. And yeah. like you said, it's often awesome. just simple tricks that make a huge difference.
0: Yeah, the airbrush thing is interesting. A, a buddy of mine over here and I have both decided airbrushing is the next stage for us. But it's mm. airbrushing, learning to air, buying an airbrush, learning to airbrush, all of those things. It's really intimidating. So doing what you're doing and, and helping us out with a few tips, it's just – it's invaluable. And right now is the time to do it because we all kind of we – we we can't play – so <laughs> yeah word.
4: exactly wow. and that was kind of the first impetus where i said well let's try something that we don't normally do because yeah. this is the, the perfect opportunity you know? Yeah,
0: i'm i'm uh, i'm doing a lot more painting the the first move for me was to try and learn how to play on tabletop simulator which i've given up now so i'm all just <laughs> I'm, I'm all focusing on the painting hey man thank you so much for joining us so uh tabletop titans is the channel you can find it on youtube Uh, and it's Thursdays. What sort of time do the videos go up if people want to watch them live and and actually hang out with you, which is the intent? Yeah, we've been doing 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, great stuff. Look, thanks so much for doing it. We appreciate that you found a way to kind of keep us entertained through this whole period. This very strange period around the world. So uh, (laughs) keep up the great work, man. Take care. Thanks, Eve. That's Adrian from Tabletop Titans. The link to their YouTube channel is in our show notes. Make sure you tune in this Thursday evening.
1: This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to fifty percent. You'll pay less than five dollars a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com/slash Spotify. Today's episode of Forty K to is brought to you by Frontline Gaming. Frontline Gaming is a one-stop shop for all your Warhammer hobby needs. Discounted products, American-made gaming mats and terrain, and a full line of miniatures painting service and daily hobby content. And this can all be found at FrontlineGaming.org.
0: Okay, folks, let's introduce you to a genuine Warhammer hero. We know that over the past few weeks, getting our fix of plastic crack has been impossible. The stores are closed. The online option, up until very recently, has been shut off around the world. You haven't been able to get paints or brushes or books or anything unless... If you have a globe, spin it now and look all the way down to the bottom, just above the Antarctic. There's a tiny country there called New Zealand, and in New Zealand there's a tiny town called Paraparauumu. The population's about 20,000, and in that tiny town there's a man who's been able to keep his local hobbyists supplied. I spoke with Scott Bowman about his very unique situation. From a tiny little town on the uh, west coast of the North Island of New Zealand, Scott Bowman. Hello.
3: Hi, Steve. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, good, mate. So, uh, listen, let's just talk through your story because it is such a unique thing. uh, Sure. The fact that you run a pharmacy, I mean, you're a pharmacist and and people have been able to rely on you uh, as an essential service and obviously you've had to stay open. Correct. But uh, but a, a little corner of your store is also dedicated to... Hobby, and it's
3: uh, grown from a little corner. Oh, is it really? So, okay. yeah. so it uh, used to be a little corner. It's now kind of stretched around a bit.
0: Yeah, cards on the table. I've been out to see Scott, and so uh, he's just up the road from where I am. For people, our international listeners, my city is not far away from his town. So I've been up there. So uh, it's slightly more than a tiny little corner of your store now, but it does yes. mean that people. In, the, in your local area have been able to, to come in and you've got everything in place so that it's all safe and contactless and all of that. But they're able Indeed, to come yes. in and keep hobby supplies going. Has it been of in course. high demand? Has it been popular?
3: It's been crazy. Uh, I think as soon as people realised they were going to be stuck indoors for an unknown amount of time, the idea of something they can do indoors was great. So existing hobby customers uh, came flying into us and picked up all sorts of uh, goodies for the lockdown period. But we even had people who hadn't been hobby customers before, who had been pharmacy customers and glanced around and thought, oh, I could grab that. So little <laughs> yeah. things like, you know, card games, board games, or even some of the simple uh, traditional sort of um, the epic starter kits that come with paint and glue and brush all in the one set, they flew off the shelves. So yeah, wow. it's, been a, it's been a crazy time.
0: And I have to say, it's been nice to be able to uh, get in and and get things like paints and brushes. I mean, it's uh, for the first couple of weeks we were fine, but then uh, you know the paints and the brushes started to wear out, and the bottles were getting empty. So they must have been a, yep. a, a big seller as well.
3: It's yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the peripherals like that, all your paints and brushes and glues and things. I mean, they were in high demand pretty quickly. But I mean, even you know some of the big top end ticket items have gone as well as well. So it's been it's been all around. It's just been non stop. Um, and obviously, normally with um, you know, I'm, as you said, I'm still a pharmacist, so normally I'm helping out in the store, and the store's been absolutely nuts with prescription business as well, Yeah, yeah. Um, with the way the whole thing's gone. Um, I mean, we've had, because people are in lockdown, so people that would have normally been say, going to uh, the city for their scripts because they work there, they're now at home. So we've picked up new customers that way, and then the government switched everything to monthly dispensing as well so we just got through the first month's worth and now they're all coming back for repeats as well so it's been absolutely nuts and i haven't even been able to help tracy our other the pharmacist in store so She's been run ragged. I've been run ragged with hobbies and things. It's been bedlam. But it's been great fun too, if I can put it that way.
0: Yeah. You know, you must hear people talking about all this extra time they have in lockdown and think, where, where is that time?
3: We have. We've been saying, where's our time? You know, but I mean, hey, it's, it's been good for you know, pennies in the till and things. But yeah, but yeah, we've been knackered. It's going home when you're absolutely shattered, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're not getting any time to do hobby stuff yourself.
3: Not during the lockdown, no. I mean, as I say, I mean, we took the Easter weekend off and we took the Anzac weekend off and there was so much needed a break for all the staff because um, yeah. it worked so hard. But yeah, it was just great that those times just to go, oh, pick up a paintbrush and just paint something, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Just just yeah. Uh, as an aside for uh, folks listening who are all, you know, it's a 40K podcast. So what, yeah, but, what what's your army? What are you working on? What What is your thing at the moment? Uh,
3: I typically go with chaos. I play with my... Uh, teenage son frequently and he typically goes the good guys and I typically go the bad guys so I run um, Chaos Space Marines for Slaneshi Emperor's Children stuff. I also run Slaneshi Demons so they're both fun. I mean they're not top tier lists and I'm not really a top tier player by any means but I just like the game and I like the setting and things and you know it's just great fun.
0: Yeah well you know what it is great fun and the reason I wanted to feature you on this show partly because it's such a unique story but also because uh, you know having Having people in our hobby and in our community who are able to just keep things ticking over and keep things going, it means yep. that the rest of us who are able to find time to do a bit of painting or do a bit of uh, kit bashing or creating, um, you know, you, you've kind of kept us. sane. the other, the other thing actually that you have that has helped me out personally is yep. uh, the Black Library books. You've got some stock of those, and obviously they're going. Yeah.
3: Of course i mean yes it's 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 another little uh, adjunct to the, the whole hobby thing that you know the background fluff and lore is such a popular thing too it's one of the things that really hooks people into the story and buying the models and playing the game so yeah we've got a decent little um, book section as well uh, and often um, we run a little uh, black library promotion as well so if you buy a book you get a free little novella that comes with it as well so it's always great to pick up and you know if you are stuck at home with nothing to do reading the novel is a nice little pastime too
0: It's just a shame that our friends who are listening (coughs) in Europe and the UK and the States can't partake. But thank you for being available for your local community. We appreciate it. Oh,
3: my pleasure. My pleasure,
0: Steve. That is Scott Bowman, pharmacist, 40K player and painter and Warhammer hero. Now, every week on a Friday, we like to take it to the tabletop. We love to collect and build and paint, but this is where the action happens, when we're playing the game we love. The idea with this regular segment on 40K today is to... Help you get better at the game so that when we all get to go back and play, we have some new tricks to try. Yesterday, we featured the coach, top player, LVO runner-up, Brad Chester, who stopped in to speak with John Damaris and to give us a tip. All right, Brad, let's talk about list iteration. I think a, a thing that our listeners probably would like to know
1: is how do you massage your lists to make them into competitive lists and and what's the process you go through to refine a list?
5: So I like to start with a concept like my current concept we had talked about with I was talking with you and Nick about was a blood angel space wolf uh, amalgamation just just detachments with it and the concept is put a lot of hard to kill units and pull in impulsors and stuff like that with uh, I wanted to use some of the new space wolf dreadnoughts with four up invulns and just take the board and hold it so I, I basically get about a, a thousand ish or more points and I work around that so my first first went and then you have to ask yourself are these good against do i have a problem against horde? do i have enough attacks enough shots is this good against hard do i have things that take out hard targets can i take the objectives is this going to be late game worthy and then i work around that and the thing is is i like to have uh, a core concept that you know it may change a smidge but i like to have basically a set portion of the list and then work around because you don't want to change too many variables it's like when you're just trying to solve for x if you right. if you put y, A B Y A B C and Y in there, you know what I mean. All of a sudden, you don't know what was the what was the key component there. So I like to just adjust a few hundred points and keep tuning that in, um, and choose in figuring out what was the best version. You know what worked in those versions. Did it like for instance with the Blood Angel Space Wolves? I'm going back and forth between more flying like the Sanguinary Guard units and. Vanguard vets and stuff. And we're just tooling with those. But then I was like, well, is only one battalion enough. So then you're like, well, a battalion gives you a little bit weaker of unit, but gives you four more command points, which does a lot when I'm working with Blade Angels and Space Wolf characters
1: and stuff like that. And it gives me yeah, a because lot of- command points, turn them into little murder machines, right? Exactly. So if I hear what you're saying, right, um, when you're iterating, you kind of put aside a part of the list as what you would call the core. Like The point of the list, the whole list design centers around these core units, and they're not really going to change much, uh, maybe a little bit of equipment or whatever. Um, but So you keep those the same, and then the stuff around it, you sort of tailor to what's going on in the meta, or after you play a game, you replay the game in your head, and you're like, you know what? I needed something that could stand on an objective, or I needed something that could... I mean, that's not a good example for your current list, but... Or, Still, you know, it's, it's the
5: same thing on that, is It's just you have the core of what you wanted, because you could have made the core i i really love say we'll do the, we'll stay with death company and spaceboats kind of thing you know you could have been like i really in, like the the idea that a big unit of death company has pre-game moves it can you know pick up during the game and i like Sanguinary guard and then i like their the uh the hqs and you go that's the the basis of my list and then you have to make the you know your opsick is now the you know exactly what you want to tune with so it's yeah. just it your concept is in your core you you basically start with that because i don't like fiddling with too much stuff um, because then you're you're basically either making a complete new list um, and it's like you're to the drawing board and you can't really figure out what were the the good and the bad pieces so i like to i like okay have a concept and work from there and then kind of where you know work small you know a few hundred five ish hundred points or so uh at a time usually to, to figure out what I want to t- tool around with. Because otherwise then I'm, you know, I feel if I change too much, I'm basically just starting over. And then I'm... Yeah,
1: you're not iterating on a list, you're building a new list, right? Exactly. Which is not, that's exactly. not the point.
5: And that's yeah. the thing is that so, like people do that a lot. I see when I test, you know, I'll go to... I test a lot of times with one of my buddies, Jason, all the time. Um, but like when we'll go to the local game store to, you know, and get games with other people, I just see a lot of times people do that. They'll make that mistake, I feel. Uh, they'll think that the list we play a test game and then, you know, they they lose the game and then they feel that they have to just tear the list down completely. You're like, well, you should be tearing it down slightly. You know what I mean? Figuring out what were the best things in in the army and what were the things that you didn't like. So take away the chaff and, you know, fine tune because you're never going to get a fine tune if you're consistently just, you know, starting over. Exactly. You see people do that all the time where they're like, "Ah, I didn't think this worked very well. I'm going to do this. And you're like, no, you need to. It's fine tuning that makes your list tournament, you know, five and one, six and oh, ready as opposed to consistently, you know, right? Too much.
1: The thing about theory crafting is a lot of times there's the devil's in the details. When you play the list, something will become apparent. So you play it and you're like, ooh, this game went okay, but this particular thing didn't perform as well as I thought it was going to in the role I intended for it. Let me try something else in that role. You know, so so it might be like a fast-moving unit that you can drop onto an objective, or um, a resilient unit that you can put onto an objective because you you know you need something if you're going first that will survive a turn, right? To keep that objective, stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, that's how you're iterating. You're just like figuring out what were the problems with the list. Okay, do I have better options to try in that role? Or this was totally unnecessary. Like, you know, I I just. I, I don't need this at all. What else can I put in here to give me a little more power or more raw power or efficiency in the list? Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Man,
5: you, you, I, I was going to say the exact same thing, but you took the words away from me. So that's, that's exactly what I, I was talking about. Just, you want to, you want to just figure out the role players, you know what I mean? And, and, and the best things, and you have to stay with the core of a list and go from there. Otherwise you're, you're never going to fine tune the list to make it the best list it could be.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks for the advice, Brad. No a problem. Anytime. That's Brad Chester speaking with John Demaris. If you want to sign up for coaching, then you can find Brad and the whole school of coaches at artofwar 40 kcom Now, before we say goodbye, it is time for a regular feature on the show, The Model of the Day. It's the model of the day, the model of the day, the, the model of the day. The, the model of the day. So uh, every day during our regular weekday show, we feature a model of the day, and we've been able to show off some stunning work this week, from a Jean Steeler Majors to a Castella Knight. Today, we're going to pick one of those as the model of the week. So kind of the best of the best. Make sure you go to our Facebook page and look at the stunning work on the Keeper of Secrets by MB underscore Shizune. This is the Instagram name. They've created a dramatic model with stunning use of color. The highlights are amazing beautiful purples and pinks and blues and golds. The colors are stunning and the skill on display is incredible. The cloth will blow your mind. So the links to pictures of that are on our Facebook or in the show notes for this episode. And as always, if you've got a model that you want us to feature on our show, or if you've seen a model that you think would be great, let us know. And that's it for the best of 40K today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you to our content producer, Alex Bainter, our social media guru, Tanya Gates, and our technical producer, Seamus Ronan, for all of their hard work in putting the program together. If you have anything you should feature on the show, we'd love to feature a YouTube channel, your great hobby tip, uh, your amazing army, whatever it is. Just contact us via Facebook, search 40K today. And make sure you join us during the week. Next week, we've got a packed lineup, including Neil Kerr, head judge at the WTC. And we feature a superfan who's painted 200,000 points with the 40K models in about two and a half years. So we'll see you Monday. Until then, for the 40K Today team, I'm Steve John. And that's what's happening in 40K Today.